five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Carolinas Georgia Pro Wrestling Report. I am your host, Heath Mulliken. This is, of course, part of the Double Dropkick Show, which you can listen to on all the major podcast platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. I think we're on Amazon Music now. We're everywhere. So make sure you go out there, subscribe, download, leave us a review if you can. We would really appreciate it. Uh, I've got some episodes coming out of the Double Dropkick show from mine and Mark Whitman's trip to Big Time Wrestling this past Saturday in Spartanburg, South Carolina. What I want to talk about today is the Carolinas Professional Wrestling Awards. We're going to talk about the winners. Uh, I'm going to tell you who won. I'm going to tell you who I voted for. And I'm going to tell you uh, some of the, the things that, in my mind, I will remember these awards for. And if you want to hear more, listen, it's almost too much uh, analysis of independent wrestling. Go to patreon.com slash double dropkick. Become a patron today for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, you can get uh, behind the scenes news. Uh, we just released some breaking news the other day. Uh, you know, before AEW announced their show on March 30th, we had released that information to our patrons and, uh, big news are coming. Big, big, big news is coming. So let's talk about the Carolina professional wrestling awards. Uh, the way that these awards are conducted is there is a panel. These, these awards are run by Robert Truesdale, a.k.a. Redbeard. Uh, go to the Facebook group, Carolina Professional Wrestling Awards. Uh, to join the group, you got to answer some questions. I'll get to the reason behind that a little bit later. But uh, every year there is a panel. Uh, there's six spots on the panel. So like this year, the Smash the Mat podcast uh, had one of those spots, but they had, you know, three, I think it's three guys who kind of all work together. There was one year Mark and I were on the panel. Uh, collectively, you know, we got one vote. So there's six panelists, and then there's a fan vote. And so the fans, uh, there are polls in the Facebook group, and the fans get one vote. So that's how it works. Fans are allowed to submit materials and submit suggestions, uh, essentially nominations, and then the panel can look at that and then they can take those uh, submissions into consideration and they can also make nominations of their own. So let's talk about the winners. Uh, ring announcer of the year was uh, Perry Thompson, uh, who works primarily for AML. I think he worked for some other promotions in uh, North Carolina. Uh, but this young man being recognized for his his work and uh, good for him. Now, last year, before I go any further, last year, all of the awards were conducted by fan voting since there, there were fewer shows 
uh, except in the COVID dome, but there were fewer shows in 2020. And so all of, all of the awards last year were awarded by fan voting. And let's just say the awards last year were very interesting. Uh, my, the person that I voted for, for ring, uh, announcer of the year was, um, I believe I voted for Brett Wolverton, uh, who always does a great job, who has won this award many, 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 many times. And it just brings a level of professionalism and, and skill to that position. Uh, but kudos to Perry Thompson for winning that. Again, I'm not as, there's so much wrestling in the Carolinas. It's hard to follow it all. It's hard to keep up with it. And if you're watching videos a lot of time of ringing out, said you really don't get a good feel uh, for how well they are because of sound issues and that kind of stuff. So, uh, congrats to Perry Thompson. Uh, female wrestler of the year was Savannah Evans. Uh, I think this will be Savannah's, and that, that's who I voted for. This is probably her last year since she has signed with Impact Wrestling. And in the past, uh, wrestlers who have signed contracts really aren't taken into consideration. Uh, this is an independent wrestling award. And if you're, if you're under contract or you're working regularly for one of the major companies, uh, it almost, or it should, kind of disqualify you from winning one of these independent awards. Savannah, though very deserving, uh, there are a lot more female wrestlers in the Carolinas than there than there were two or three years ago. There are not a lot of promotions uh, who are running uh, female matches, um, but there there are a few talented. Uh, women out there who were who were making their mark on the independence in the Carolinas. Uh, next, we had uh, let's go with feud of the year: Steve Carino versus Colby Carino from PWF down on uh, the North Carolina coast. Um, this now, I uh, this was a good angle, uh, but it only consisted really of a promo and then the one match. So in my mind, I really didn't consider this a feud. Uh, my vote was for uh, the Dawson Brothers versus the Lineage there in AML. That feud has, has led to a War Games match that's coming up this weekend. Uh, and I just felt of the nominees, or excuse me, excuse me, of the finalists, that is the one that stood out the most. Again, Steve, Stephen Colby Carino uh, put on a tremendous match. And if you want to talk about match of the year in the Carolinas, I would certainly, you know, consider that one one of the top ones for sure. Um, but feud of the year: Steve Carino versus uh, Colby Carino. Tag team of the year: the Dawson brothers, uh, who had a good year. Uh, they continue to work AML, a few other promotions in North Carolina. Uh, there were there were some promotions that, that popped up that they were part of. They also uh, are the current Viral Pro Wrestling uh, tag team uh, champions uh, down in uh, Georgia. Uh, I voted for the Heat Seekers, and I'm going to be honest. I thought this was, uh, like of all the awards, 
Like, this is the one I'll argue with you about. This is the one where I just think 100%, no questions asked, they missed the mark. Now, that's, this is not a knock on the Dawsons, who have won this award previously. I just felt that the Heat Seekers resume was too good to overlook. Uh, champions in Pro Wrestling Union, champions in WrestleForce, champions in PWX, uh, and I'm sure probably champions at, at, at another uh, one or two other promotions as as well. Uh, I just felt that I just felt the Heat Seekers just had a tremendous tremendous year, and after really not being a part of the Carolina scene for for a long time, really coming in and having an impact. And I think I think that the this the Heat Seekers being overlooked really showed part of the problem with with these awards. There's just too much wrestling to watch. And I think the Heat Seekers were wrestling in some promotions who get a lot of buzz within the Carolina's echo chamber, but it was very clear that the Heat Seekers had a body of work that some of the panelists weren't familiar with because you can't watch all the wrestling and so the panelists were more familiar with maybe some other promotions more so than the ones the Heat Seekers were engaged with but I I felt like uh, that was Heat Seekers hands down you know not a lot of uh, debate or anything like that I I thought the Heat Seekers should have won that and again that's who I voted for uh, let's go with Manager of the Year, Perry James. This again, um, head and shoulders above the rest. Um, there, there are more and more managers popping up. None as good as Perry James. None uh, fire up a crowd like Perry James. None get the heat like Perry James. Perry James has children complaining uh Hours after his matches, that guy cheated. That guy cheated. Why did the ref let him cheat? Right? Why did the ref let him cheat? And um, so, um, sorry, somebody doesn't know how to drive here. Anyway, uh, Perry James, uh, who managed Zuki King to multiple championships, and uh, is is hoping, expecting to have an even bigger and better year in uh, 2022 as he expands his client base and continues to to work new promotions and continues to guide uh, again Zuka King to bigger and better things uh, again Perry James is really really great manager and I'm, I'm hoping uh, to have him back on the podcast uh, very very soon uh, let's go with rising star of the year a uh, young man named Bojack, uh, again, down from uh, PWF down on the North Carolina coast, uh, won this award, uh, Rise Star of the Year. He just had a featured position in a, in a six-man tag at the Southeast First Show held at Action Wrestling in Tyrone, Georgia, that was broadcast on IWTV. Uh, Bojack, definitely a talented young man, uh, has worked, uh, you know, multiple promotions in North Carolina. I know he's worked Palmetto Championship Wrestling in South Carolina. My vote in this category was a Chase Emery. A Chase Emery from 
January to December went from being, you know, just a kid on the show to Pro Wrestling Union Heavyweight Champion, Three Count Pro Wrestling Next Level Champion, uh, and really went from, again, just a kid you brought in to have matches to now someone who is involved in title uh, title angles, main event angles. Uh, he continued to improve, continue to um, just get better and better and better. Now, having said that, uh, this is not a, like not to say you know. Again, Bojack, a very talented uh, young man. Not saying in any stretch of the imagination that he didn't deserve this award. Uh, and I think, I think Bojack and Chase Emery are two young men who, if they can stay healthy, if they can stay out of trouble, uh, you're going to hear a lot of them. They're going to be, I hope, please, I hope they're not staples of the Carolinas for a long time because I hope they get signed. I hope they, uh, hope they keep progressing and moving up. And uh, again, lots of great young talent here in the Carolinas. The fire of the Carolinas Award uh, this year uh, went to the Infinite Man Tim, uh, formerly known as Timmy Lou Retton. Now, this is uh, this award started when the Rising Star of the Year Award was changed to just include people who had been wrestling for five years or less. And Fire of the Carolinas was really put there to be the intercontinental title to the wrestler of the year. This was to recognize, hey, this person, they've been wrestling longer than five years. They're not quite at the wrestler of the year level, but there's somebody who have really set the Carolinas on fire this year. Uh, Somebody who's really on their way. Uh, So Tim won that award. He also won the wrestler of the year award. Um, he was the champion at Chester APW for a lot of the year. He's the prestige champion at AML, obviously wrestled for PWX, wrestled, uh, various places in, uh, the Carolinas. He is someone that, you, you know, you bring in for a featured match or a featured title shot, he is someone you can bring in to work with one of your young guys and, and really make them look good and really uh, really elevate them uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, and it, he really you know transformed his body, transformed his gimmick, uh, really transformed his wrestling style as well. Um, you know really kind of had that you know that gymnastics, kind of style and really um, really just has improved so much over the last couple of years. Uh, what's really interesting is you had uh, Joe Black who won wrestler of the year in Georgia and he and Tim had a great feud in viral pro wrestling. So if you're wondering, man, I wonder what it would be if the wrestler of the year in the Carolinas took on the wrestler of the year in Georgia. Well, they had, um, I want to say it was a trilogy of matches, at least two matches down in viral that were really good, but it was, it was an angle that played out over a lot of their shows in the year, uh, interfering, 
uh, in each other's matches. Um, Tim, you know, suffered an injury because of the interference at one of those shows. Uh, and so that was, that really should have been in play for feud of the year, uh, in, in Georgia. I'll talk about the Georgia awards, uh, later on, but again, Tim winning wrestler of the year and fire of the Carolinas. Uh, I, I voted, uh, I voted, I think I nominated big country. I can't remember if he was a finalist or not. Nominated him for Fire of the Carolinas, you know, someone who who retired at the end of the year, but somebody who really, you know, held championships in both Carolinas, really was someone who, there are very few draws in in independent wrestling at this level. And Big Country is someone, you go to a show, there's always people there with Big Country shirts, there are always people at shows who are there to see Big Country. Uh, he built a really great fan base uh, over you know his career, and um, that's who I picked for Fire of the Carolinas. And then my vote for Wrestler of the Year, or my my submission for Wrestler of the Year, was Zuki King. Uh, again, that's uh, I would not argue against Tim, but I would I could make a case for Zuki King and, and multiple championships. Uh, really found his, um, I don't want to say found his voice because it's not about talking, but really settled, settled in, settled into a groove of this is the kind of worker that I'm going to be. And so when you book Zuka King, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be have an old school feel. Um, he, he's going to make a baby face look really good. He's going to cheat. He's going to do all the things to get heat from the crowd. And I felt that his accomplishments, you know, AML Future Stars champion at one point, um, tag team champion in, in various places, uh, in Russell Force, Russell Force heavyweight champion at one point, I believe, Battle Zone United States champion. Again, everywhere he went, I, I can't think of any place off the top of my head where Zuka King worked where he wasn't in some sort of title picture. And um, and I, I think that says a lot about how um, promoters and bookers feel about Zuka King. So what you know what are what are what am I gonna remember about these uh, awards? I, I think I'm gonna there still continues to be this lack of understanding about how the awards work. Um, and, and that'll tie into another one of my points. Um, I get messages all the time. Hey, um, I can't believe I didn't get nominated. Well, they only announced the finalist. And that's based on the number of nominations you got divided by the number of people who got nominations. Some it's a formula, and just because you're not a finalist doesn't mean that your name wasn't thrown in the hat. Uh, I remember one year a team that I nominated Suns is still nominated them for tag team year. They weren't finalists, and they were like, "Why? Why didn't we get nominated?" I'm like, I nominated you. I mean, there's there's been several years that I've submitted materials or I've nominated people who did not make the cut to be a finalist. I think there's also a lack of understanding. People still are trying to figure out what Fire of the Carolinas is. I can come on here 
and do a podcast every week for a year trying to explain the difference between wrestler of the year and fire of the Carolinas. And if you're on the panel and you start at the top and you vote for your wrestler of the year, logically it doesn't make sense to vote for that same person for fire of the Carolinas. What I would suggest, what I would, what I would do if I listen Redbeard has a thankless job, so don't think anything I'm saying is a knock on Redbeard because Lord knows the guy has put out a, a multi-page PDF explaining all of this in black and white very clearly. People don't either choose not to read uh, read the stuff or can't read or have a lack of basic English, um, but he, he has a thankless job. He does it for the sheer passion and love for independent wrestling to recognize uh, the work of many of these wrestlers. Uh, it, it also, you know, it, it exposes the, the panelists to, to a broader audience and to a broader people. Um, but if you are voting for one, a, a guy for a wrestler of the year, and you also voted for him for fire of the Carolinas, you, you clearly don't understand how things are working. Um, so I think moving forward, if someone is a finalist for wrestler of the year, their name probably should be either, either you remove their name from fire of the Carolinas or you let the panel vote. And if that person got the same number of vote, or if the person won wrestler of the year and fire of the Carolinas, you would give it to, you would do a revote on Fire of the Carolinas because, again, basically, Tim won first and second place, and it's not set up to do that. So I'm not sure. Again, people's like, well, Redbeard needs to do a better job of, of explaining. It's there in black and white. He's done multiple interviews. He's been on this podcast. I've talked about it. And there, there's just a lack of understanding about the awards how the awards, uh, how the awards work, which leads to the second thing, uh, and that is, uh, I'll remember this this year for sour grapes. Um, you had people. Well, my friend wasn't nominated, so I'm not going to vote for any of them because he should have been nominated. Well, you don't know if he was nominated. Maybe they weren't a finalist, but you don't know if he was nominated or not. We don't know all the nominations. And I would ask, did you submit their name? Did you submit anything? And if you didn't, just shut up. If you didn't submit them as a nominee, don't whine that they weren't nominated. Don't whine that they weren't a finalist. I, for all the awards that I thought there was a clear-cut winner and I really believed in, I submitted materials. I submitted names. And I'm out here, I'm not whining, I'm not having sour grapes. I'm just saying, hey, here was my case for why this person should have won. And I think, especially when your sour grapes is over somebody who's good, but really didn't work a lot of places. Like, it just shows, I don't know, man. It's just like, come on, come on. Then you've got someone who has won an award before, who was a finalist, 
and who basically said, oh, these awards don't mean anything, blah, blah, blah. Well, if they don't mean anything, listen, someone hacked the Facebook group. They hacked the Facebook group. They invited a bunch of bots in. And if you go back to November or when the voting was, it was, I mean, shady and suspicious. You know, there were certain categories where people were winning. There were certain categories where I believe Tag Team of the Year, the leading vote-getters, had over 800 votes, and some of the other categories didn't even have 800 votes total. Right? So, somebody hacked the group, and if you're out there, Redbeard knows who you are. The guy works in IT. He's not a moron. He, he, he knows who you are. And he also knows, he also knows who invites people to join the group in order to vote. So don't say that the award didn't matter to you when you've invited literally hundreds of people to the group to vote. Don't say they don't matter. You can say they don't matter, period. But don't say they don't matter when you have actively campaigned, when you have actively lobbied to win an award. And I listen... I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem. If with if you are nominated, if you're a finalist, if you're a worker, if you're in the business, I got no problem with you inviting your friends and family to part for part of the fan vote. Listen, the reason there's a fan vote is it's not the deciding factor. It's only one of the seven votes. And I like that because we've seen. We've seen what happens when the vote is left entirely up to the fans. And that leads to kind of the third thing I remember. So, lack of understanding about the awards, sour grapes, and then the, I would say, the proliferation of wrestling in the Carolinas this year. And it's only continuing in 2022. The number of promotions continues to grow. And I know some people celebrate that. And some people say, oh, you know, that's that's more of a place for for young people, for young wrestlers to work. And some promotions, when they say young wrestlers, we're talking 15, 16 years old, which, by the way, is illegal in, in South Carolina. You got to be 18 to get a wrestling license. Although that doesn't appear to be stopping uh, some people from wanting wanting to run shows using uh, running shows illegally, like literally outlaw shows. Like technically, by the letter of the law, you're running an outlaw show. Um, but. It's not just a proliferation, it's it's a dilution. And so many of the promotions that have popped up use a lot of the same wrestlers, a lot of the same workers, people who people who work free and for free. And a lot of these shows um I, you know, I've seen the gate receipts for a lot of these shows in South Carolina. 
And they're drawing 30, 40 people. Uh, now, there are some shows that draw very well. But when you have so many promotions, and most have that ticket price point of $10, you got all these promotions fighting for people's money. We all know the economy is not as good as it was. People don't have as as much disposable income if they did. Gas prices are up. Price of everything is up. Inflation's up seven percent. So there's not people don't have as much money to spend on wrestling as they did. And if you're a consumer, if you're a fan, yeah, you, you're probably happy that there's more choices. But are those good choices? Like just because somebody can get a ring and set it up in their backyard and call some of their buddies to wrestle. Is that, is that really good for independent wrestling? Because what we're seeing is the proliferation of what I would call the church softball league wrestling promotions. Um, the promotions that just stop pop up and don't really pay anybody um, has really taken away from some of the upper promotions. And I've talked with promoters who are frustrated, you know, Hey, we're trying to put on a really good product and people are, you know, you know, people aren't driving people. People are going to these, these other shows. We just saw big time wrestling draw. Uh, I think capacity for wrestling is around sixteen hundred, according to uh, one of the websites I checked about the Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium. Um, I don't know. Even though big time wrestling is an independent promotion, I don't know that I would consider that really an independent show. You know, it it was highlighted by people, by multiple people who were on TV or been on TV. I mean, it, you did not have anywhere on that card two local talents facing off against one another. So, I don't know that that's a good... I don't know that saying, oh, you know, big time Drew... 1,600 people, independent wrestling is alive and well in the Carolinas. I, I don't know that I would say that. I think there's more wrestling than ever. There are more wrestlers than ever. There's more training schools than ever. And... I, I I don't I don't mean know that that's necessarily good. Um, the more free shows, what I mean free shows, the more shows that pop up where guys work for free, that takes away. I mean, if, if you're a wrestler and people know you work for free, that's going to take bookings from from guys who who do want to get paid who who want to be compensated for putting um you know putting their bodies on the line. So, I'm very curious. Uh, I'll be doing an an episode soon on the state of 
Carolina wrestling uh, coming up. But again, kudos. I mean, I do think again all the awards this year. Everyone that won, very talented. I do think there were some finalists on there. They had no business being being on there. Oh, I did forget. Referee of the year, uh, Yolanda um, Yolanda Wright. I want to keep. I keep wanting to call her Yolanda Moore because there was a, a lady. Uh, her daughter used to come to youth camp. Her name was Yolanda Moore. Yolanda Wright, who referees everywhere. Uh, PWX. Chat. I mean, she wrestles, referees in a lot of places in the Carolinas. Uh, she is somebody who. Uh, I was there for her debut down at Palmetto Championship Wrestling, and she's continued to improve. Uh, she was also on the panel this year, um, so good for her. I'm, I'm interested to see where uh, where her career goes. So again, some some really talented people recognized. Thanks to Redbeard for even doing that. Hey, it gives it gives me a lot of things to talk about in in independent wrestling. Give you know. Uh, I probably talked to people, I mean, over the last month or two, private conversations really about the awards and debating of, of who should have been in and who shouldn't have been in. And so it makes it interesting. It makes us fun. It gives us as fans something to talk about and something to look forward to. And I think this year, if you are a wrestling fan in the Carolinas, there there is plenty of wrestling you know, within an hour where you live, there is going to be a wrestling show almost every weekend. And so I'm curious. I yeah, I think wrestling I think wrestling has changed um the, the landscape of the entire wrestling world has changed dramatically in ways that really haven't hit us yet, but it will that's something I talk about on Patreon all the time. Again, patreon.com slash double dropkick is where you can get all the inside news and scoops. I just released uh, three or four episodes yesterday on Monday. Uh, and so that's pretty much uh, four or five days a week you're getting content uh, about independent wrestling. You're not going to get anywhere else. So if you're interested in wrestling in the Carolinas and Georgia, uh, I'd appreciate you. Hey, check us out. And uh, let us know what you think. So I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'd love your comments. I'd love to hear uh, what you think about the awards and about the shows that you go to. What show? What wrestling shows in your area are you going to? What wrestlers should we keep our eye on? And who uh, who are the people who are going to be on the radar for the Carolina Professional Wrestling Awards in 2022. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.